If we enter a world in which seeing is not believing, in which our sensory perceptions and our own native intelligence to be able to tell what we think is right and what is true and what's not, if those begin to fail us because of this technology, what does that do to us as a society? Hi, I'm Gina Cerrito, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Lynn White and Judy Licht. We're the News Broads, broads casting about the news and all things media. We're here to give you insights on how it all works. A look at the news you won't find anywhere else. Seeing is believing, right? Well, not so fast, because seeing is not believing based on the latest technology, literally like a year or two old, based on artificial intelligence, there's some really scary stuff going on. And it's even got a name, Judy. It's called Deep Fake, and it's taking us to a very dark place. Lynn, it is so dark that... The Pentagon, the CIA, all these like government agencies and even top universities are really trying to get their hands on it to not only figure it out, but to make it better so that they could combat it. Exactly. Because it's taking us in this direction where what you're seeing, you really can't believe, Judy. Well, there's a guy named Jason Bellini, who is a journalist with the Wall Street Journal, who has just done an incredibly deep dive into the subject, because most of us do not know about it or have not known about it until just now. And what he has discovered is actually really scary. Let's take a listen. A deepfake is a video that's created using artificial intelligence, which allows for the creation of uh, the mis- the perception of something that is not, where you can take up, uh, it's most commonly used to take a person's face or body and put movements on them, put make them say things that they didn't really say, make them dance in a way that they're unable to do. Uh, it's really remarkable technology, and it's the kind of thing that they've been able to do to some degree in Hollywood uh, for you know some time now in um, making action films and whatnot. But now this technology is something that can be done on a laptop. Um, it's been democratized for better or for worse. <laughs> so without getting too technical, can you explain to us how they can do this? <laughs> I, I'm not sure that I can. I'm not, and I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who can really explain what's going on under the hood. Because we're talking about things like deep learning and neural networks and other AI terminology that's pretty opaque, unless you're a computer scientist yourself. But effectively what it does is it learns, the computer learns what your move, the way you move your mouth, the way you do things. So it needs lots of input. So it's easier to do things for to make, create a deep fake with someone where there's lots of footage of them or lots of photos of that person then the computer kind of gets to know how that person talks and then can replicate that digitally scary um, stuff yeah so you know, it's scary stuff yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> and it's not new from what i hear this is lynn how are you um, Hi, lynn. it got started a while ago correct well, yeah, it's been around for several years, uh, and, and and variations on this technology, like I said, have been around in in, in Hollywood with you know, supercomputers that they use. But the the tech, really, but I think it's it's much more recent. The 
technology that's um, using the artificial intelligence to do it, where it's fast and immediate, uh, where you can almost do do it. It can be done in real time. It doesn't need to be a rendering of a frame by a frame by frame. This can be done as we're speaking. So you, if you wanted to deep fake my voice onto another person, you could do that in real time. Right. And, <laughs> and we've seen that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah there, there, there's some really interesting examples. Um, uh, you had um, uh, there's one that's out there right now. That's it, this was an, an innocuous one it's for a good cause. David Beckham, um, he's uh, speaking in nine different languages. Hmm. I don't think he actually. I don't think that uh, he actually speaks nine different languages. This is for uh, malaria uh, for a malaria awareness campaign. Mm-hmm. They use the deep fake technology, and um, you know it's not real. You know he really can't do that. It's not his real voice, but his lips are moving in a way that matches the words that he's enunciating. So uh, if I could jump in, I'm, I'm interested that if you, how do you know he's not saying this? I mean, if your eyes are saying, well, that's David Beckham and he's speaking in X language, and you're seeing him do it, you are saying, well, I know it's not him, but how, how do you know? Well, in this particular case, to a casual observer, it's, it's obvious, I think, because the voices aren't quite his, mm-hmm. right? And that's a whole that's another technology as well uh, that's coming along that you can actually really replicate the words and, and the voice of someone. In fact, there's tools out there that you could do it yourself. There's one thing called Lyrebird. It's actually kind of fun, and you have to repeat several hundred sentences into this tool, and then you can type word sentences, and it will be something close to your voice. And so you could imagine how, let's say, if you clone someone's voice, what you could do with that. You could be calling someone fake that it's their grandmother or fake that it's somebody that they know or oh fake gosh. that it's a celebrity and say, hey, can you, can you wire me some money? I'm right. in a really desperate situation. Um, doesn't take a Nigerian prince to send you an email anymore. <laughs> well, they keep getting more sophisticated. <laughs> I, you know, what you say is kind of frightening because one would think based on its newness and the amount of artificial intelligence involved, that this would be technology only available to experts. But as I understand it now, there are apps out there for people who are somewhat sophisticated users of computers, and you can do it yourself. Do you know, do you guys know who's, what's being used for the most? Any guess? No, what? Porn? You got it. Bingo. <laughs> now, you know what, like some, that. Now, now you know what she does uh, in her spare time. Thanks, Judy. Right? Well, like so many technologies, right. that are, the uh, the people who are on the bleeding edge are the pornographers. And so there's there is there are countless videos that, that have been made, most of them of celebrities, mm. where they're morphed onto uh, pornographic videos. And I'm not sure why people get such a kick out of these, such a rise out of these, but <laughs> apparently they do. And the people, I actually talked to someone who creates them. And I was trying to understand why, why are you doing this? And they see it kind of as a, uh, uh, there's like a little community of them and they're very proud of their handiwork of what they're able to uh-huh. produce. But, um, and so, yeah. and you know, that was, that was truly unintended. <laughs> uh, no, they, um, no, they really are. And I was like, does your mother know what you do? Do you, does your mother know that that's what you're doing on your computer? He's a young guy. And he's like, uh, no, yeah. um, I 
don't, I don't want her to know. And that's the problem, right? I mean, it's going farther than we ever thought it would. I hear that the Pentagon is now concerned uh, that it could become something for warfare. Um, and also, there are people who are innocent. There's a story of a girl in Australia who was um, oh, yes. the victim of this. Can you tell us yeah. more about her? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We uh, we actually interviewed her for this piece. She all of a sudden woke up one day and discovered that she's in all these pornographic videos. And she doesn't know who created them, why they targeted her, or what to do about it. And so she's been lobbying in Australia and has successfully lobbied for legislation to make these types of videos illegal for for people like herself. Um, but why, well, why, would it, why would someone be so nefarious as to, to choose of some young woman and embarrass her and like her parent like we interviewed her parents about her who were horrified as well but you can just imagine how embarrassing that would be to have to be talking about this with your parents that there's pornography of you that's not you you could easily imagine how it would destroy how it would destroy someone so the woman in australia has she um you said she's been successful in getting some laws what are some of the laws that have worked or or um are these still in beginning stages oh this is very early stages. There was actually some legislation that was introduced in the U.S. House, but then it didn't really go anywhere. And it was kind of unclear why it didn't was get that picked up. Bit? But I think that there's not a whole lot of awareness still. Uh, you know, the, the uh, members of, a, of our government are only be, uh, gradually becoming aware of this as a threat. And I mean, the, and, and then the, they have real concerns about, and these are legitimate concerns about First Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. But there are some nefarious ways this can be used. I mean, is what Hollywood does is that nefarious? Is that should that be illegal? Where do you draw the line? It has to be very nuanced, carefully constructed legislation to be able to protect people without stifling creativity. What are some of the other uses? I know we've heard about the pornography and this really sad case of of, of girls, of, of private people. Um, what are some of the other legitimate uses that could be made? Use of it, it use, I mean, they would all fall, I would think, into the realm of entertainment. Uh, we did one uh, fake with me where I was made to dance like Bruno Mars, <laughs> and frankly, I kind of, I kind of liked it. I didn't have to be uh, in that way because I'm a you didn't know you dancer. Yeah. But to do that, they needed hundreds of photos of me, literally hundreds of photos of me, to be processed into this system in order to then be able to take my limbs and make them do things that uh, I. <laughs> incapable of doing without the help of technology. Yeah, but if you're just a, a lay person and you're seeing one of these videos and it's realistic, how do you know f- false from fact? I mean, it seems like this is the new norm or it will be soon and it's going to skew our view of things that we really need to have facts about. How, how do you prevent well, that from happening or do you? Right. Well, I mean, the, the experts are warning us that deepfakes could be the next phase of disinformation. Now, you asked about lay people at home. How can they know? Well, it's not just lay people at home who are struggling with this. It's, it's 
professionals who are in the truth the truth business like myself who are struggling to figure out what do we do you know how, how, and it's something that news organizations are talking about um, Reuters has people who have been trained in how to uh, detect deep fakes the Wall Street Journal is uh, investigating what we need to be doing so that we're not duped I mean I think that you can figure it out in time that you can then do some cross verifications you can do uh geolocation and that's what we do with with video generally now is we need to really be able to uh if, if unless we if there's any doubt whatsoever we do everything that's that we possibly can to to verify its authenticity but that takes time right and if video a viral video can you know spread so quickly um what was it mark twain says that uh something around the lines of the truth the uh a lie spreads around the world in the time it takes the truth to put its hands on i'm not yes. sure if i have that right <laughs> but the, 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 it's something like along those lines but um but at any rate you can imagine if, if we're talking about like a and I mean, the scenario that we may soon encounter could potentially encounter is one in which a politician says something that sounds horrific maybe yeah. something racist and it turns out that it's fake but the damage may already be done by the time that's figured out you know what i'm interested also in the flip side of that which is a politician says something racist or horrible and they deny it they say that someone else made a deep fake of them saying it Look, if we all know the the infamous video of Donald Trump yes. when he, you know, the I'm, grab her by the yes. flank. I, I don't know what, what are what the ground rules here are on the, on this uh, <laughs> program of yours. So we all know. We all safe. know what he said. Yeah. It's right, a podcast. Anyway, just saying. Um, but if he but if he were to have said after when that came out, if 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 he were to, if that were same scenario would have happened today versus 2016, he could say he could claim that was a deep fake. Well, in fact, and, I think he did say something like that. He said some people say that that's not my voice. You know, in the future, he can uh, have that deniability. Well, there would be, you would have some. It, it, it can offer you some plausible deniability that the, the very existence of the of this technology that it can buy it maybe buy you some time while people go through the efforts of figuring it out now in terms of like you know the uh, us as regular you know regular viewers watchers i mean i guess if hopefully that uh people will turn to the more reputable sources who are doing the work of vetting and making sure that what we put out there and share the world is true and accurate. But, uh, you know, that said that there's, it, things could, most people are, are getting their, their, their media, their news from all over the place. So it's very easy to imagine how something very quickly could spread that doesn't go through the proper channels. And then if we're talking about people who are professionals at doing video forensics, right, if that could, that would, we call upon if there's a suspect video, what can they do? That's the interesting question. And some of the answers they don't want to tell us because they don't don't want the deep fakers to know but you know i'll give you an example they can analyze the blood flow in a person's face it's a very sophisticated technique right and because there's a pulsing that isn't necessarily vis visible to us that we wouldn't notice but you could detect that there's also ways to detect the breathing patterns and things like that that would call into question the veracity of something um that said when one of these things is identified as okay this is how we can 
can tell that it's that it's going to work well they'll the the deep fakers they'll find a way around it yeah. so it's the you know the classic whack-a-mole kind of game actually jason it might be too little too late also as you pointed out the word gets out pretty fast and the deniability comes a lot later and so there might be confusion about that but you know i I saw one of the deep fakes, at, which is kind of a meta version of it, of Obama, President Obama. And oh, is it the Jordan Peele video? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe you could yes. tell us a little bit about it. It's it's quite amazing. Well, it seems that Jordan Peele was doing this as a public service announcement. He was impersonating President Barack Obama. Now, he was able to do a, a good impersonation in terms of his voice, but then he was able to morph that onto uh, the, the lip movement onto what he was saying. He said a bunch of just sort of inane, silly, fun, funny things. So there was no, there, there was, you didn't have to have a, a, a high degree of sophistication. No, this was just play, that this was fun, that this was parody and a demonstration of the technology. But um, when, as you pointed out earlier, when they have the voice technology, which they now do, and they match it to this deep fake video, um, it's frightening that we could manipulate a president of the United States to say anything, just as you could manipulate a newscaster to appear on a tape and say anything. And then who do you believe? Well, yeah. And I mean, it's one thing if, if I'm, you know, you and me are watching a video and it turns out to be fake of the president saying something. But what if it's uh, Kim Jong-un who's mm-hmm. watching kids mm-hmm. you know, and hears that uh, missiles are headed to that have been launched in North Korea, something along those lines. And by the time it's figured out that this was fake, you have a war on your hands. Could you could our next war be launched because of deep fakes? It's I hope it's not. A, I hope it's not a likelihood, but it's not outside the realm of possibility, it seems to me. I think that what we keep saying in, on our group here on News Broads is it's the dark side of deep fake. I mean, this is where anybody could start a news channel in their basement, call it news, and it be completely made up. And would some of us know that it's made up? Yes. But you're right. In whose hands... Is it going to be? And who's going to believe what they want to believe? And that already happens and we don't have... Breitbart could do it tomorrow, for example. If we enter a world in which seeing is not believing, in which our sensory perceptions and tools that we've used to, you know, uh, our own our own uh, native intelligence to be able to tell what we think is right and what is true and what's not, if those begin to fail us because of this technology, what does that do to us as a society? Um, you know, there's some real dark implications to that, I think, and some of them are probably beyond our imagination at this point. Yeah. But, I, but I think it's at a societal level, the less, we, you know, when we be come when everything be when nothing is real when every when stuff isn't real then what is real you know how do we know what's real and what's not yeah so it's walking us down that road to confusion which yeah we're seeing you know in real time now so if we do that and take that walk into the future where will we be with all of this in about maybe three years from now well, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a scary thought. It's a really scary thought where, uh, what will be happening to sort of our collective mindset when it comes to this, that we'll all, we can't all, and I don't think we can live our lives sort of going around being suspect of, of everything that we see. Um, and also, you know, if, but then we, we may not be able to trust the, trust the news. And a lot of people don't trust the news already. Um, it could, you know, hurt some, the institutions of knowledge in our society. If people 
really believe that there's fake news out there now, when deep fake becomes more prevalent, and it probably will, who is anyone going to trust? Who or whom or what will people trust? It cannot be regulated. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good question. I, I, you stumped me on that one. I don't really have an answer. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> it's a frightening thought. I think that we all don't want to go down that path. But as Lynn pointed out earlier, the Pentagon is already going down that path, and they are concerned about it. Yeah, very much so, uh, especially when they're, you know, the, the Pentagon, when we imagine the CIA, the national, you know, the national security Enemies. community is concerned about this because they're having to advise national leaders on how to respond in really in really dangerous situations where important decisions that could affect lives of many people thousands of people are at stake uh, and so yeah if they're coming especially from uh, you know if they're coming from other countries where you know people are just going rogue with these kinds of things we might get info they might get information that they need to be able to figure out whether to tell the president this is true this is this is a real threat is being said by this person or not, or whether this is uh, fake and what tools they're using to do that, we're not privy to knowing that. Well, but and I think the scary part is those enemies, it, so. right? Those enemies that we can't control, you know, we can't control what they're putting out, what their governments are putting out, what their people are putting out, um, no matter even if we did have laws here or if Australia ends up having laws and leading the way in this. Um, yeah. But to, to swing it, about, like, yeah. Let's say, you know, uh, uh, what I thought would be, um, could this be a tool that's used by authoritarian regimes, you know, could they? Let's say, uh, you know, even uh, like, let's say a leader passed, a leader dies, but they ha they're able to deep fake him. They can keep him virtually alive and saying messages and reaching out to his people, even though the the the, the guy's no longer alive. I mean, that's uh, it could use could you can imagine other societies where governments may act nefariously to try to control people in their minds, them taking advantage of this and. Yeah, maybe they could use it for the manipulation of taking, you know, the president of the United States, have him saying things. Maybe it only is in their country that in their news ecosystem that that's believed, but that may be enough to have a real impact. Would you consider this one of the biggest threats to journalism in the future? Mm, some of my colleagues do, yes. I mean, I think so. I think it potentially is as well. Um, it, it's We haven't had yet the case that has really that that has like raised the that has really sounded the alarm bells right now most of what we're talking about is in the realm of possibility um, it all seems very plausible but there hasn't been a case yet where there's been damage done as a result I that think we once know that of, happens, right? then i think we may at, at that point i think we made a society decide and our government may decide okay we need to start really taking this seriously right well on that note, can I ask you one last question? Is there any good news okay. in all of this? It's not our last question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting beaten up. Sorry about that. Our uh, second to the last. Just kidding. What's Hello? the question? Where do we go with all of this? Is there any good news in it? Can it help us in any way, this technology? Well, it can help you if you, uh, if you like watching... Uh, celebrities uh, having sex with one another that, that can actually do that. That's no very, thanks. Very useful. 
Um, I, no, I suppose. Um, what could you do with it? Well, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, I, I think outside the realm of entertainment, I can't really think of any you know real value to value add to society from from this. But let's say, just hypothetically speaking, let's say you were to take like if I could take my grandmother and take recordings of her and clone her voice and be able to then save her voice and yeah. be able to have her say things. I mean, that, there's something kind of interesting about that idea of of keeping someone a, a, alive digitally. I, and I don't know what the utility of that is, but it's it's intriguing, the thought. Is that, that, is that revising history? Is that rewriting history? I mean, if you're putting words in someone's mouth, I don't know how... I'm trying to think if, if you know, if you're you're seeing your grandmother say things that she never said... Yeah, perhaps it could be, I don't know, maybe there's something that could f- keep the connection alive. Yeah, that's, yeah, Because yeah. I, I have a fear that way that when, that's for me the hardest thing. I just lost one of my dogs and I just, and the hardest thing for me is knowing that he's, that he'll never be there and that there's no way to, that, and I know that with every passing day, I'm going to remember him less well. Yeah. We could that's also, just a, that's oh. just reality. Oh. So maybe there's ways to perpetuate our the presence of someone. This is me just thinking out loud for you, but you know, it's, it's maybe that's a that could be something that could bring the good side of some, it. A good side of it, perhaps. Yeah. Also, I mean, this is really going out on a limb, but couldn't this be used both negatively and or positively? mostly negatively by the legal system in in a trial situation where you want to fake what happened. Oh, right. You you can just imagine how nefarious actors would find ways to use this to try to create false narratives, to create, and one of the, what is one of the, the worst sins Biblically speaking, is bearing false witness. Well, this is, could be a tool for bearing false witness, mm. and we and and jurors, just like the rest of us, could be duped very easily. Um, and and also, you can imagine you can imagine either side using uh, using the technology. Like you can imagine crooked prosecutors, perhaps. You know, if they did, they creating false witnesses. That's that's possible too. Mm-hmm. That's the world that we're that uh, we we may find our ourselves in you know what um, but hopefully there'll be enough good guys who are fighting against it well jason i think that's the word that keeps coming into my head is confusion all of this is very confusing and i think when we first started reading about deep fake knowing that you know that what would you call that the first in you know to see is to believe and that you get that taken away that creates an awful lot of confusion it sows confusion which in in effect makes people not believe in anything or question everything. Yeah. It doesn't seem like what our world really needs right now. (laughs) (laughs) More fake news. (laughs) No. I've got to ask you, coming away from this article, and I know as a journalist, we're all journalists here, we come away from stories, you know, all jazzed about things and forget it by the time you do the next story. But coming out of a story with the kind of enormous implications that this one does, what were your thoughts? What were your fears? What do you think? Well, my main thought was uh, to scratch the surface on this one. There's a lot more work for me to do in this realm because um, even as we're reporting it, there's new 
uses that are emerging. There are more actors who are using this types of technology, and I want to just I want to find be play a role in finding those and understanding those and trying to find those who are who are fighting against the as you put it this confusing us and and disinforming us um so to me it's from a from a reporting standpoint it's an opportunity to really dig into something that's new and significant jason Bellini, thank you so much on behalf of Judy, Gina, myself and david our producer what a fascinating story and thank you for reporting on it oh thank you guys for having me i really appreciate it That was really fascinating and very scary and very dark at the same time. Yeah, and the real question is, how is this going to be regulated in the future? Because it it really questions what is truth, and that hits journalism. I mean, it hits a legal system. It hits the defense system. So would the FCC be involved? I mean, who is going to regulate this? I know this is really going to get into the laws, too. That whole idea of reasonable doubt is just going to be just life-changing for when it comes to the courts, and I can't even imagine how they're going to deal with that. And this whole field of the future, artificial intelligence, this is all a part of it. Big Brother is watching. Where do we go? Do we have any privacy? Um, Are our rights violated? That's right, Lynn, and I think we're right at the tip of that iceberg. Absolutely right. Well, it was really a good conversation if not a frightening one. And it gets to the whole philosophy is what is real and what is not. And that's beyond media, folks. So yep. that do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. So for what it's worth, that's what we think, Judy, Gina, and myself, Lynn, the news broads. We want to know what you think now. So please comment. You can go to newsbroads.com if you're not listening there already. And just give us a hint as to what you're thinking on this subject. This has been the News Broads with Judy Licht, Lynn White, and Gina Cerrito. Special thanks to our producer, David Levin.